Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Episode 7, The Enemy Below, Part 2. Aquaman's brother has just established control, threatening the Queen, Mira, into silence. The Justice League arrive in Atlantis, but Aquaman's nowhere to be found because he's busy escaping the James Bond villain death trap that Orm put him in, uh, and put his baby in. The League is then placed in a more different death trap, but is saved by Mira. Aquaman then returns, explaining that Orm probably armed a ice cap melting doomsday device, also like James Bond, uh, in order to kill all the surfacers. The League sets off with Aquaman, eventually disarming the device and killing Orm for good measure. Yeah, there's... A lot, lot happened. <laughs> I know. A lot keeps happening. I know. This is a surprisingly fast-moving show. Like, I, I forgot how much they actually crammed in mm-hmm. uh, to, to a single episode. But, like, there's actually a lot to plot to unpack. Like, I pared it down as much as I could, but even that was a bit much. They packed it tight. And, and nothing really feels like... Not to jump to the end where I talk about how I feel about the episode overall, but nothing feels rushed. Nothing feels incomplete. And I think mm. that that says something. I would say the ending feels a bit rushed. Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and just, just a tad. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess let's... I mean, none of it's boring. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and it good call on the james bond stuff because it very much is it's three he has three of them yeah no mr curry i expect you to die (laughs) it's interesting by one of three different mechanisms of drowning (laughs) ice caps you know fish tank or lava Mm -hmm. i don't care which just as long as you drown yes that drowning chamber which i think is a metal band was incredible Why do they have that? They're 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 fish people. Who else would that work on? I guess I guess it's just another one of those uh, potential. That's a surfacer execution chamber, Gary, and I expect a little bit more in the way of you know an affronted sensibility from you. <laughs> Where's your outrage? I thought it was pretty damn cool. I, I I'm not outraged. I... <laughs> Um, oh, you built the thing. You're the contractor. <laughs> yeah. They brought you down in a scuba mask. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of time, but mm-hmm. it was worth yeah. it in the long run. <laughs> I imagine. Who'd you test it on, rats? <laughs> no, I'm a cruelty, f- cruelty-free carpenter. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I don't know. Maybe it was the design of the chamber or something. I, I and, and I also want to know how they got them into the chamber without water getting into it. It's it's that whole like space lock thing that that throws me off. Like you see in space movies where they right. get into the space lock chamber and then they regulate the atmosphere. And it's like, but right. how does that work? Because like with you're what? bringing it well, in with, with per- you. Yeah, with with space you can do it with like compressed air. That's right. just how scuba tanks work anyway. Yeah. But with 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 Atlantis, you run up against the water pressure mm-hmm. situation. So you, compressed air doesn't work. You have to actually pump the water out. Right. Um and I don't know. Atlantis therefore magic and technology better than the surface, I guess is the answer there. Yeah, that that makes sense. I just very unsatisfying. I'm but, a little bummed they cut out that awkward scene with, you know, just the water pump just <laughs> 
as it was pulling it <laughs> or out. Or like a toilet flush noise. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Brief bit of levity in our extremely dark and dramatic episode. <laughs> yeah, this one didn't quite have the uh, comedy that the first episode had. Not to the same degree, at least. If, if we're going to do a one-two punch of an arc... Comedy first episode, drama second episode mm-hmm. seems correct. It does. seems like the, that's the that's a good blend. I think. Yeah, and maybe oh, yeah? maybe that's what was wrong within Blackest Night because it was more comedy in the second half and less in the first half because you had the whole Flash lawyer thing in the second half, which might have fit better in the first part. Right. There's there's no other way for that to go. Yeah. 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 But I, right, right. The first part of it was was all front loaded drama about like green lantern and it like an identity crisis and why is he giving himself up to the feds like there's too many unknowns to really make comedy pop out of it yeah um but but you know here uh you know it the 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 comedy in the first episode was self it was was not self-aware but like like obvious Mm -hmm. it was obvious to the to the watcher why aquaman walking out of the ocean and with like just random surfers being like what the hell's going on right like obviously that's funny. You don't have to explain anything. Yeah. Guardians of Oa though. Tribunal of like Specter Council though. Right. Like Manhunters though. <laughs> like there's there's explanations that need to happen. Slavery question mark. You know it's it's <laughs> Sl- slavery maybe. <laughs> it's very uneven. Forgot that that was slavery. Yeah. 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 What what? How do you feel about the uh, dramatic highlights of this episode? Because they are numerous. Yeah. I. I think it's pretty well paced. It gives you a little mm-hmm. bit of breathing room between each intense moment. My favorite is probably the Aquaman scenario because it gives the biggest payoff. But it also is kind of inadvertently funny. Like I was laughing about the situation that Aqua Baby was in. Like <laughs> something about that struck <laughs> me as very funny being pinned to the rock and I, Yeah. Yes, yeah, so so the funk the the what actually happens is that uh, Orm, you know, chains Aquaman to a cliff, right. uh, pins the baby with a dagger also to the cliff, and then sinks the cliff mm-hmm. because, and like, from a certain point of view, this sort of fits his character is that he does things indirectly. He didn't directly challenge Aquaman's power. Um, he doesn't directly kill Aqua Baby. Like, I, I think that this is a consistent part of his admittedly limited character. Right. Um, but 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 it is kind of stupid how James Bond he is. Like I will now sink this precipice into the uh, into this lava flow, killing you and your heir in one fell swoop. Right. Um, he talks like that, <laughs> as you might uh, as you might not know. <laughs> kind of snidely whiplash. But, uh, but the way that like transpires, I think, is like really good uh, scene direction. Yeah. Where where like um, you know Aquaman is is able to loosen one of the cuffs just enough to pull it away and then tries to pull out the other one but it's too securely fastened so he uses his like little like his little like buckle beer bottle opener yeah. kind of thing yeah. on his on his belt <laughs> <laughs> and tries to slice it off but like it doesn't work and then you get like the image close up of his face look at the lava it's approaching and then he looks over at the baby crying and he goes like ah! and he raises the thing in the air mm-hmm. and he slams it down and it you know the scene cuts away yeah and like if if you're not an idiot you can tell he cut his own hand off right which is fucking metal yeah. <laughs> 
very 127 hours. It's so good. Yeah. It's and it fits exactly kind of his um both love of country and family, like the, the lengths he will go to to protect what is his. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's just well directed, well very consistent in his character and it is awesome. Yeah. Like, objectively. And it it really does give a softness to him which you sort of mentioned in the first part of our discussion, you know, like in the they give you just enough softness just enough yeah i mean you know he's still like a, a total badass but like he cares about some things i mean like i can't it's it's hard not to fast forward and just see him when aqua baby turns into a teenager and he's given him like the tough love kind of kind of stuff you know um not thanking him for you know mowing the algae lawn <laughs> or what have you you know right uh, not not congratulating him on his grades, but saying, uh, "See, you got, see, you got a C in you know in, in history. Right. What's that about? <laughs> you know, he's he's going to be a tough dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel I feel for Aqua Baby. What can I say? Plus, he blames him for losing his hand. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I lost my hand for you, and you can't even get an A in math. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think he would be like that. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> but but uh, back to the the villainous rube goldberg machine type things that he builds like it's very it's so james yeah it's very james bond yeah but i think that we need the first two to kind of get us to the iceberg thing because like if they just threw that iceberg so, so, thing in, so that it's not obvious it would no i, I think <laughs> i think if we bridge too far just got the one like it would be too much too late so i think the fact that they set him up as this <laughs> kind of nutty dude who likes to slowly potentially but kill he didn't people. even set that up that was aquaman's idea that's true. <laughs> he built the death trap he just didn't ever arm it that is true yeah hmm yeah <laughs> i don't hate this as a doomsday device as like you know if the surface world threatens us proportional this is our proportional response we will threaten the surface world by sinking everything below below the waves yeah and uh if you guys didn't invest enough tech points in, you know, gills, then that's kind of on you at that point. So uh, can we go back to the tank for a second? Yeah. The the, the death tank, the drowning tank, because I had a I had a nitpick. I had I had a nit to pick here, which is that um, Wonder Woman says, then we'll drown. Um, but weren't they breathing underwater in the first episode? <laughs> I had a couple nitpicks about they that. didn't have helmets on and. Like, Green Lantern, I get. You know, he can survive in space. Fine. But Superman and Wonder Woman were not breathing water. Super- were they just holding their breaths? He had an apparatus on his face. Her, he? I'm not sure about. I'm pretty sure he did. I didn't, I didn't recognize. I didn't see an apparatus. Maybe not. But it also goes back to that confusion of uh, in the last, you know, in, in Blackest Night, where, you know, in space... They had the suits on, which you explained that's for communication, but, you know. For, for the radio, yeah. Apparently they don't need it underwater. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of but fast. That's and the loose. scenario in the comics, right? Is is they have it for the underwater missions? Hmm. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wonder when Superman can and when he cannot breathe. Yeah, it it's a little lazy. I do kind of like the um the limitations that we're giving to some of our more OP characters with like the 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 headbands that they put on them for the torture chamber is like we know that you guys are way too broken uh so martian manhunter and gl you get like these synaptic relay inhibitors which is horrifying (laughs) uh which like makes it hard for you to focus so you can't use your phasing power or your or your lantern ring right yeah that was that was pretty rough 
And I feel like I know Martian Manhunter was in the whole episode, but I feel like he didn't have a lot to do with this episode. Because uh, I do remember him being in He's the chamber. He's just sort of there. Yeah, but he wasn't really a, a selling point this time around. In, in the first episode, Superman and Green Lantern are there for the opposite points of view on like what to do with the submarine. And in the second episode, Wonder Woman is there to have a nice moment with the other woman on stage mm-hmm. to talk about how beautiful the city is, which is, you know, wasn't my favorite gender politics moment, but well, uh, it was at least nice to... It actually sort of fits Wonder Woman because she comes from a civilization that isn't... You know, it's, it's got this hidden beauty in in our world kind of vibe to it, Themyscira, um, which is just Greece, but not in the way you're used to. Girl's gonna gab, Ben. Girl's gonna gab. Is is that is that where we're at, man? Like, I mean, they do have a nice moment where Mira saves all of them with a with a Morning Star. So right, like that. Well, also there was some or a mace. There was Sorry. some real chauvinist asshole, you know, conversation going on. They were like the two guys that were guarding the chamber were like, "I bet Wonder Woman gets it," you know, or "I bet the woman gets it," or whatever, you know. She's the first to die. <laughs> yep. And then Mira knocks yeah, them out. Yeah, it was nice. That is that is good. That's poetic justice. Yeah, I, I, I think they probably is planned, right? Yeah, <laughs> I imagine they they probably meant to do it that way. Yeah, I, I. And and let's not forget the situation that Mira's in. She doesn't realize that Orm has already sentenced her baby to die. Mm-hmm. Like, because we had that scene earlier where um, Orm is like really creepy, you know, figure from some sort of Shakespearean play you know, kind of uh, megalomaniacal villain yep. where he's like, as long as you do what you're told, I'm not going to kill your son. Um, you know, all but, you know, it, it's, it's, she's definitely in a dilemma of sorts. Um, it, it maybe even had like undertones of, I also want to marry you, which makes it creepy. Right. That's in the, the sizzle footage that was cut. Yes. It's in the sizzle reel. But anyway, um, so to her, for her to act out in spite of, of that threat is uh is pretty brave. Mm-hmm. No, I I liked Mara, and I I have to say in general yeah. I like Mara. Um, I I like that her role here is just to knock some gender politics into these guards. Yeah, that's not so bad. I mean, I don't know if that's what they were actively trying to do in two thousand one, but I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one can hope. I, I feel like well, we have moments, right? Yeah. There, there are there are moments. I feel like if this show were made now, there would be a lot more gender identity and and uh wokeness one hopes yeah yeah they're, they're doing that for cartoon network with like uh anti-racism and stuff i i can't imagine they wouldn't go out of their way to like try to do some uh some less sexist takes on our like maybe just give wonder woman's wardrobe an update honestly like i understand that nerds are gonna get angry but like right and like there's an argument for like the female empowerment angle through whatever their dress is i know the femme fatale is you know weaponizing one's sexuality as a form of empowerment i get that i just i think i think the i think the high heels and the really tight tights with like the hourglass feet i feel like we've outgrown it right maybe well i mean that's fair and they've never like it's a, it's a very 50s housewife aesthetic it is it is and they've never really sexualized any of the male characters except for when uh joel schumacher tried to give them bat nipples but you know that's neither here nor there <laughs> oh isn't it uh, it's both <laughs> eh. it's here and there but i mean i i think that I know that Marvel's gone a long way in terms of, you know, I think they've got like non-binary superheroes now, but I don't know that DC oh. has really gone that route. You know, I, I they're, wish they're they a little would. stick in the mud. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're capable of good stuff. Let's also recognize, like, most of their animated stuff is pretty on the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, I do remember that there were some heavy topics being discussed in Teen Titans, like the nature of abuse with Terra. Mm. Like, there's uh, there's actually a lot there. Um, and it's it's handled fairly well, given the fantasy pastiche that it's in. Right. But, uh, you know, I... I've got enough faith that they could do it if the stakes were low enough. Sure. Like if they weren't making a movie. Sure. Yeah. I I I th- I could go into a whole another conversation, but I'll stop it there because it's not really tied. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, LGBTQ rights in oh, comic books. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> One other thing uh, that since we're talking about the censors and what what is allowed, I do want to mention that. Uh, they cut away from us seeing the arm get severed. Mm-hmm. Good decision. Yeah. When he shows back up, he's not dripping blood, but the bandage around his hand is red mm-hmm. in a way that is distinctly not dripping. Right. It just looks like a red scarf around his <laughs> arm. <laughs> like, I feel like they were trying to thread as close as possible to the line yeah. without crossing it, you know? For sure. Yeah, I thought, I actually thought this was... But then they kill Orm later. They straight up kill him later. Yeah, that shocked me. I mean, the classic Disney death, <laughs> you know, falling into the abyss. It, it it shocked me. Right. That doesn't happen often in, in cartoons. You don't just kill the villain. He's a minor villain. And it, like, I feel like he can get away. And... Aquaman did it, and we've already shown Aquaman to... He's not for, you know, American justice, right? so fuck him. Yeah. I, I don't have any problem with them killing off Orm. No. Uh, I just... The bandaging not being distinctly non-bloody, but also killing Orm, it's just... It kind of highlights the... It kind of highlights the um, the priorities yeah. that, the, that, that, that the censors have in making this. It's like we, we can show very clearly implied death scene, but we cannot show wounds with blood in them. Right. Well, there was even a scene in one of the two episodes in this arc where I think Aquaman gets punched or someone gets punched and then they wipe their lip, like wiping away oh, blood, yeah? but there's nothing there. And I'll never forget whenever I was young, yeah. and I saw Mask of the Phantasm in theaters and there's a scene where like Joker gets hit. And he's got blood on his face. And that was PG, so they could get away with it. But, like, as a kid, I was like, holy shit, this is, you know, like, this is wild. <laughs> I've never seen this in a cartoon. It's just like I do. They're real people. Yeah, exactly. I, I never would have got that. It's so interesting that that little, that that little uh, visual detail of wiping away blood from one's lip works without the blood. Yeah, it, it is. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's like... It's just, so deeply ingrained into our fight culture right. that we view cartoons through. Because yeah. <laughs> cartoons are violent, bro. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I, I don't have a lot more to say about this episode as far as uh, my notes go, but I did want to write down one pun that really stuck out to me whenever Orm says to Aquaman, the tide is against you. The reactor can't be shut down. I I rolled my eyes and smiled and probably died inside a little bit all at once. I I remember that one. You you have to imagine that that's at least considered uncouth in their society. <laughs> yeah. You know, like anyone who's, it's like the the girls go to Jupiter of of Atlantis. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> like. 
Presu- like presumably people who have matured have graduated from ocean pun <laughs> by that point but he i mean he is he's a man child in a bunch of different ways and he's like complaining about his birthright so mm-hmm. maybe it makes sense that he's going back to grade school i guess so i mean it's it's no different than any of us earth people talking about pissing in the wind or you know those other cliches that we throw away <laughs> throw out without <laughs> thinking i mean that, that one's just good because it's got piss in it most of my favorite expressions do <laughs> yeah um did you, how, how did you like nordic sibling fight it was it was pretty good um i had some questions because in the previous episode they talked about how tough aquaman's skin was and then orm you know like pulled a dagger out which i'm assuming maybe underwater daggers are more sharp i don't know but hydrodynamic yeah <laughs> Yeah, made of deep metal or some some such. But it was really cool. I mean, I, I wanted to understand Orm's uh, trident power a little bit better because it seemed to kind of be fast and loose with when it could shoot out electricity versus when it couldn't. Um, because if not, why not just do yeah. that the whole time? Um, but the scene where Aquaman was running along the crumbling uh, rocks as, as Orm was blasting the rocks with his trident, like I thought that was done well and animated very nicely. Yeah, they had a nice back and forth going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the way it's supposed to articulate is that Orm is armed and Aquaman quite literally unarmed uh, and Aquaman's still able to prevail. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of show us how much of a better leader. Like, fighter is is a substitute for leader in this case, so he's the better king because, you know, kind of with Simba and, and, uh, and Scar. Oh, yeah. Like whoever wins in a fight is just the better leader, right? <laughs> kind of kind of vibes. I get that. that that's what I kind of got from that. But I, I like the fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he slashes him too, we don't see any actual like bleeding wounds. That's true. He did. You hear you hear a distinct like you know SFX slash yeah. slash dot wav, mm-hmm. but uh, you do not see a wound. And it sounded like skin ripping. He's cradling it like he's been slashed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple just vague notes of uh, animation details that I liked, which uh, one of them hilarious aquaman bounding out of the water like a salmon swimming upstream <laughs> like when they're going toward the ice caps and he's just like Bloop. yep and, uh, and then he jumps off of his jet ski to land on an orca mid-breach oh, which is sweet Mwah. yes and doesn't like gl say like that's bullshit or <laughs> something like that he's like i don't i don't i don't know how to describe what i just saw. yeah i don't think I don't think he says something incredulous. I don't think that that would get past the censors, but he does say something. Um, And that whole sequence is really cool. The whole jet ski sequence. I forget who it is, but like one of them just like, I think it's Aquaman when he comes in, he just lands on the front of it and throws the guy off of it. Like there's some good dynamics that incorporates all of their special skills in that. Something that they do well in this show is they mix up what the field of battle is so that it keeps it kind of fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we had that dog fight um, when, the team was all crew when the crew was all kind of coalescing together in that first arc where like, okay, we're not going to make it. Batman, Superman and John Jones are trying to get out of this facility. And these, I don't remember exactly how it was, but there was like uh invader, you know, planes or whatever chasing them. And then, you know, wonder woman and Hawk girl and all the rest show up and, you know, kind of help them out. Right. That's a distinct like vehicle chase sequence. And we're getting another one. Like you can, you can tell that they realize when they're constructing the episode, they, they can't merely have people punching each other on a flat surface. They got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. This is 
standard D&D campaign, give them somewhere else to, to fight. Give them obstacles to make use of. Give them cover. I, like, mix it up. I'm excited to see how they can keep it fresh, because, like, it has been very different in each episode, and at what point will we get redundant? I don't know. I'm sure it'll happen, but... Or maybe not yeah. redundant, but just repetitive enough on occasion, but not perpetual redundancy. Yeah, they they do a nice uh, subversion, or or like they do a nice uh, flip of that whole fighting on even ground kind of territory in the in the next arc. I I'm willing to say they cool. have a really nice fight scene in that. But uh, very cool. For the moment, uh, this is what we got. Um, I know we're trying to wrap up, but we got to get our character highlight yeah, in there. By all means. And uh, this week, this week's character highlight is Aquaman, also known as Arthur Curry. He was uh, created in 1941, initially a backup feature of DC's anthology titles, later starred in several volumes of a solo comic book series, um, but then kind of got rebranded in the 1960s as part of the, as part of the, fa- he was a founding member of the Justice League back then, and is is very comically derided in modern in modern incarnations because of just how shit tier he was in the 60s. Yeah, we, we we talked about this last episode about how like we really like this version of Aquaman, but all the other versions like before we had this version of Aquaman as like my defining characteristic isn't talks of fish, it's king of his people. Yeah. Um but before we had that, it was the making fun of Aquaman for having bad powers. Well, I I feel like I feel like I never was anti Aquaman. I just didn't know anything about him because they gave him no attention. Like as a kid, as a young blonde haired kid, I would have loved having him as a hero to look up to. But like get, get that representation. The yeah, I got, they're all like these dark haired Dick Tracys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, the best part about being a young blonde haired person is put on a black shirt, put on a pair of jeans, and you're already cosplaying as Johnny Quest. I mean, that's that's what I had. <laughs> so. I, uh, I I put on blue jeans and a red sweater, and I'm cosplaying as Billy Baxton. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's funny though. You cosplay as Johnny Quest. <laughs> Just can you get the, like the the stance with the, the like the elbows at the side and like the chest forward? Oh, like yeah. he always tends yeah, to course. stand in the art. Of course. I, I I was one French bulldog shy of being Johnny Quest all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late, my my friend. It's not too late. Right. But yeah, we we've talked plenty about Aquaman, so yeah. we can. Just move on from there if you'd like. I'll just say that I like him as a character after seeing this. I don't know that that's always going to be the case, but in this, I think he's a very good character. I agree. Um, I, I think that the king angle does a lot for it. I think that the, yep. you know, I'm responsible for my own people and my cares end at my at the boundaries of my domain. Right. That's something that we don't get with the Justice League. It's an interesting and interesting angle. For sure. I don't remember if he like makes cameos later on. I kind of hope he does. I do too. So, uh, yeah, we we can we can end up here. Uh, what's your episode highlight? Uh, besides learning that Aquaman created global warming, uh, I would have to say <laughs> I would have to say the whole sequence um, with cutting off his hand. I thought that that was very impactful um, and just well done all around. Yeah, hand sacrifice cliff for me as well. Like the cinematography behind yeah. that, I think is is really solid. Like it's it's using kind of plain building blocks, but it's arranging them in such a way. Like with the close, we're close up in on his face, close up in on like the lava getting closer. Him with the indecision on his face, and he hoists the thing high in the air. Like it just it just worked on me, man. It just worked. Yeah, for sure. And he just shows up later. Like yeah, I had I did what I had to do. Don't worry about right. it. I'm still standing. Exactly. I'll rub some dirt in it because my father raised me like I'm going to raise my son. 
Hope you don't like all your limbs, babe. Aqua baby. Real men don't cry. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. That's right. But yeah, the the animation in that was beautiful. The sound uh, design was great in that that clip, just with the rocks crumbling and everything. As as the uh, you know first person perspective going towards the lava trench, like it's it's great. Oh yeah, yeah, very very good. So uh, let's close it out. Uh, what do you think of this arc? Um, hands down, best arc yet. Really? Better than the opening arc? I think so. I, I like this a little bit more. I mean, the opening arc is great, but this doesn't really get time to meander like I feel like the three-parter had. Um, although a lot happened in that three-parter, I just didn't feel like it was interesting 100% of the time, whereas I felt like this one was. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think that this is the best arc so far. The The main weakness I think it has is that there's not a lot for the Justice League to do. Yeah. They sort of just tag along in Aquaman's story. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad, but I was craving a little bit more uh, inter-character development. I'll agree with that. This is not a great episode of Justice League, but it's a damn good episode of Aquaman the series. Yeah, yeah give me more Aquaman. I'll take more <laughs> Aquaman the series, please. Yes, please. Um. Yeah, I, oh, with like I think a utility belt with a bunch of different like uh, with like a bunch of different hand heads like uh, like Green Arrow, where he like has just the arrow shafts and then he like clicks like whatever quiver button he has to like put the different heads on there. He could yeah. have that, but for his hand, that would be cool. He could have a grappling hook arm. He could have like, man, he could have any any number of things. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> He yeah. can like have a go-go gadget extendable arm so he can reach things on that are really high up in the watchtower. On the top shelf, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> M- Miro put the cookies all, all the way up there, and I can't swim up there. That's not polite in our society. <laughs> Someone puts something out of reach, you're just supposed to respect that. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that would be taking the easy way out. A I don't crime, take the easy way out. A crime worse than death. Sneaking the cookies. <laughs> I, hyper serious Aquaman is, is a fun... Is a fun character to riff on. I agree. <laughs> I want to see him in like PTA meetings <laughs> or like at the DMV. <laughs> like it just right. is comedy gold. <laughs> yeah, he's mad at Aqua Baby and, you know, Aqua Baby's outside playing basketball and he's like, hey, dad, catch. And he just catches it with his hook in and the ball deflates. You, know? <laughs> you were supposed to be doing your homework, Aqua Baby or Aqua Teen or whatever he is. <laughs> Stop calling point. me Aqua Baby. <laughs> I'm running away with Black Manta. <laughs> I'm 13, Aqua Dad. I wish you never saved me from that volcano. <laughs> yep. <Well>, this <laughs> Fun character. This is, I hope he comes back so we can talk about him some more. This, I hope so, too. I hope so I'm going to create some riffs just in case. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it works for me, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, we, we do at least have... A uh, character-centric episode, a, char- a character from the Justice League, uh, character-centric episode uh, in the next arc. So I'm I'm looking forward to that because we get more Wonder Woman. Excellent. I had a feeling yeah. uh, when I saw the title that that might be it. Paradise so. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, until next week, where can you be found? Uh, people can find me at uh, fancybat.com slash cartoncast, which is a podcast that I run with my younger brother about old cartoons. Awesome. And it's basically I this. Be... <laughs> <laughs> I can be found uh, at the Wax Nostalgic Network. Links in the show notes. And yeah, this has been a very fun episode to talk about. 
Yeah, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you at the next uh, Under the Sea Atlanta Singles meeting. Speed date. <laughs> I'm into it. Everyone wears lingerie, so you know, dress appropriate. Oh Lord, I'm not so into it anymore. <laughs> I don't think I could pull oh, come off. Come on, what, I'm not sure that I could pull off. I'll be your the, bondage uh, buddy. The fashion. <laughs> bondage oh, buddy. Come on, you could be like little little dominatrix Johnny Quest. It'd be great. Oh Jesus. <laughs> End episode, end episode. I'm picturing it, and it is not appropriate. Yes, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you in episode eight. Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.